So we made it to episode two. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we got a lot of feedback, actually. It was, it was great, all the response. Um, it was crazy. I, yeah, I n- never expected that. So thanks to everyone who, who reached out and uh, all the tweets and emails. Uh, we love that. We do have some follow-up. Yeah, I got uh, called out on Twitter. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do people call you out for? What happened? Yeah, um, so we remember we talked about um, mobile first and kind of my concerns with how people um, are using the term these days. Right. And it's a lot of people um, sort of reached out and said that either that we we didn't get what a mobile first was or um, that we got it wrong and we didn't really express what the actual spirit of mobile first is. Um, so I thought it'd be good to address it. Um, and I mean, I listened back to the episode and every time you get feedback like this, it's like, okay, um, there's probably like what did i say that made this person feel this way is kind of the way i approach it um so i listened back to it and i totally agree like i I definitely jumped the gun into what i wanted to talk about instead of um really talking about um everything into details um so i'd like to clarify some things we basically my issue wasn't with the actual ideas of uh, mobile first and a lot of people have written books about it and things like that. Um, I think these are great ideas and thinking for a specific device um, and making sure that to only keep the elements that are absolutely necessary that's something that's great about designing for mobile is that the space constraints force you to sort of um, strip down everything that's not necessary. Um, And then once you approach the desktop version or something like that, um, then you you have that core um, set of elements that you need on the page. Um, But, uh, and I completely agree with that. Um, this is exactly the way I approach any project, really. Um, my, my issue was more in um, how the term is thrown around these days. I feel like I'm part of a lot of meetings or discussions or things like that where everyone just says, oh, yeah, 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 mobile first this, mobile first that, um, without actually con- considering what the actual implications of it are. Um, and I have seen a lot of people kind of misunderstand what the point of um, mobile first was. To me, it kind of goes back to the importance of choosing the right words for, for what you mean. So that was kind of my issue with it, that mobile first, um, like these two words, don't really represent uh, all the ideas behind it where I think mobile first is really more of a taking a different approach to whatever you're doing and trying to think of um, the necessary aspect of whatever you're, you're designing for and then adding other features or taking, adva- taking advantage of other mediums, but really starting with that core idea. But yeah, my, my issue was more with how other people interpret it uh, and maybe there's another term that we could find that would um, better represent these ideas than mobile first. Let's, uh, let's take this opportunity to <laughs> create a new term and then we'll, we'll pattern it or something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind is it's sort of responsive design in a way. Space awareness. Yeah. Um, so something like that. Um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I got your point uh, while discussing it and all. I think our mistake was to call it mobile first, which uh, it was not really the the proper description of this problem that we were discussing. But right. there is still none, at least not no one coined this 
term for it. So we threw out mobile first there into the discussion, and that's what that's what created some confusion about what what we were really talking about. That's what I think. Yeah, if you if you have any ideas, tweet at us, and we'll uh, maybe make a list or something. Yeah. So just a second and last piece of follow up on our medium discussion. Uh, some people said we we were a little bit too harsh on it. Uh, I I can see that, but uh, basically we said that we haven't find any f- positive opinions on it, and of course we were wrong. How could we say that? And uh, listener, okay, I, I may mispronounce his name, Gonçalo Moraes. This <laughs> this sounds very Portuguese, so I I don't know. Maybe he is Portuguese. I don't know. So Gonçalo, uh, he he reached out and. He even created, wrote a, a little bit, uh, like a tiny post opinion on Medium. <laughs> and he basically loved it. So this was not a flop of a redesign of a logo, maybe. Uh, I mean, it definitely wasn't, but... Um, I don't think it matters, to be honest. Like, some some people can like it, some other people won't. And I think it's just a matter of... Um, sort of what your reasons for it are right. and because i think it's a cool logo i just think that according to um their goals the the logo they ended up with doesn't really fit the bill but um i think it, it's a video uh, a logo that looks good uh it's it's pleasing to the eye and all that sort of stuff but yeah yeah so we're gonna link uh, in the show notes, we're going to link to the this little comment on it from uh, listener Gonzalo. And, um, and yeah, that's it. We're done with the with follow-up. I will link to the tweets for um, the conversations we had for Mobile First 2. Yeah. And if you still have any opinions left or, I don't know, maybe you, you still haven't listened to episode one, that could happen. You could start here. So uh, if you want, you can go back and join the conversation. So, so uh, Twitter announced something. Yeah, this is great. I mean, we had the show notes for today for a while now, and uh, because this is the internet, and I don't know why, but the internet likes to announce stuff uh, at Wednesdays. Like today, a lot, a lot of stuff happened. But that's good. I love when things come out whenever we record. Yeah, like opinions, fresh opinions, so much feels. So yeah, Twitter. So they're having Twitter's having this. Um, it's kind of like a developers conference. I don't want to go really into it because it's it's uh, it's happening as we speak. I think it's a two day event, and um, so they're announcing some stuff. I think it's it's a conference uh, more uh, pointed at, at the developers. And um, I know I saw a tweet somewhere that uh, they are kind of trying now that Jack is back and let's call this the, the new Twitter or whatever. Um, you know, with all the layouts. Uh, I mean layouts, <laughs> layoffs. Ding. Yeah, um, last week, and they are kind of restructuring the company. And uh, one of the points that I saw a tweet somewhere is that they are actually trying to—I don't want to say fix, but alleviate the relationship with the third-party developers. So that's that's good for, I think, for the company for everyone. Did they announce anything specific regarding that? Uh. I don't think so. At least I haven't found anything. The one thing, like specific official announcement right now is they are releasing kind of like an API to, according to them, is to tell compelling stories with Twitter, which is basically uh, instead of you like taking IDs of tweets and, you know, laying them out uh, on a page, you can get like uh, stories. Basically, there's their new thing, the moments and all. Mm. like groups a bunch of tweets into a story and they have like this very pretty grid of tweets um i'm gonna link this this is on their official blog uh so that's one thing that I announced but the other one most exciting for me at least is mike davidson davidson yeah that th- he's the vice president of design at twitter yeah he just uh, tweeted 
this teaser for um, a big update to the Twitter Mac client, which has been abandoned for a while. I mean, since forever, since it came out, it had like one update a year or something. Yeah, they, they basically bought Tweety and they, yeah, they released it right after they bought Tweety. Right. And then never updated again. Basically. Yeah. Uh, it was the last thing, I think, that uh, Lauren Brichter uh, worked at. I mean, worked on while at Twitter. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he probably left in. Twitter for Mac lost interest from the company. I think I don't know. Anywho, th there's this little teaser. Uh, it's a screenshot of it. Um, looks pretty different. It has this. Okay, so this is the thing about you know talking about design on a podcast. <laughs> people can't see what we are looking at. Well, they can. I'm gonna link this on the show notes so you guys can. Yeah, I will post the picture directly into the show notes. Yeah, cool. So if you're using Overcast, just swipe up and. Uh on the show art and you'll see the picture yeah so this this new redesign it has it's very dark i don't know if this is like a dark theme yeah that's the most interesting to me it's that so all the tweets are against a black background um so what i'm hoping is they're kind of leaking that um the ios apps also gonna have a dark mode Hmm. which i would love um because yeah a full white uh full white app is super like blinding at night um uh, and is one of the reasons why i can't use the the default twitter app on on ios so yeah making it having a dark theme is interesting yeah but i think it is a dark theme not it's this is not the standard do you think it's only dark theme or no, no, that can't be true. I mean, with their whole new thing of, you know, one design for every platform and all, this right. really goes against it, so it doesn't fit. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is like a theme that you could, could switch to. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not completely black, but it's like a very dark bluish background. Uh, but I yeah. still have the sidebar with all the icons for, you know, timeline, mentions, DMs and all um their avatars or profile pictures or whatever they're still not around like circle which uh i think they are just stubborn now <laughs> that's fine well a lot of people at twitter hate round avatars yeah you know that firsthand yeah 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 okay <laughs> i've read tweets about it um, all right <laughs> but Another thing that's interesting to me is um, the compose button is all the way down in the sidebar instead of being um, in the the bar at the top, like next to home. You'd assume it'd be top right, but it's bottom left. I guess the the thinking behind it should be kind of like they have on the on their uh, website. The they want the compose tweet uh, button to be always visible, always present. And I'm assuming if they were to put it where you would expect, where you said on the on the top right corner, that is a view that I mean it could change accordingly to depending on the mode that you were in, like on if you're on timeline or DMs or whatever. So I think the sidebar is like a fix that will never change. So they want the that compose button to be always visible at present. That's that's the way I see it. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Just another little detail that I think it's very cool is. It's way less cluttered, the tweet uh, cell view, whatever. On their current, uh, I don't even have it installed. But it's like super, you have like a bunch of buttons in such a small space. They're all cramped. And this looks a lot cleaner to me. But again, this is just a one small screenshot. We Very low res. I, I kind of hope they hide the um, action buttons and don't leave them always there only uh, what show them on hover or something yeah i don't think they're gonna do that yeah i don't know <laughs> no because it just feels when you have a lot of tweets it feels really redundant to have all these buttons but i guess uh engagement right <laughs> hashtag engagement um speaking of which which twitter client do you use i'm guessing tweetbot right tweetbot yes of course and ask why uh yeah timeline sync that, yeah, exactly. Okay, so there's no discussion to have. It's exactly the same here. It's 
is the only um, solid reason why I need Tweetbot. Because otherwise, I could get away like seeing ads. I could get away um, with some of the weird layout stuff they do. I could get away without uh, muting. I could get away without a lot of stuff. But timeline sync is just a must for me. And it's it's crazy pants that it's not like a like a standard. How can it not have timeline sync like today? <laughs> yeah, I don't How? understand. Uh, because the the initial reason, well, first first of all, it was a technical limitation that it's kind of hard to sync your oh, timeline status. Um, but also that um, the idea was if you log into Twitter and see that you have 500 unread tweets, then you might get discouraged and not kind of browse uh, Twitter as much. And they a lot of people preferred having seeing what's, what was recent, what was happening now, uh, as opposed to uh, what was happening like three hours ago um, and make their way up. But for me, I use Twitter on my iPhone, my iPad, my Mac, and I really wanna read all the tweets. Um, so it's just impossible for me to use the Twitter client without that. Hashtag engagement. I, I, <laughs> I, th I think we, we confess that we are not the users that Twitter wants or is seeking? Well, okay, so first, I'm, I'm really excited that Twitter is getting better. I mean, I know a lot of that stuff probably started before um, Jack became CEO, but it really seems like they're shipping awesome stuff again. So there's the uh, Mac app, there's they introduced um, the that you can create polls now on Twitter. Um, they've been pushing a lot of really good improvements lately. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping that they can add like these little missing features for power users and um, that we can all use the the stock Twitter app. Because I, I think a lot of the things they're doing with cards and with moments um, are really awesome. And I mean, the, a, a long time ago when they um, cut support for third party, well, not cut support, but strong, strongly discourage uh, totally. third party apps, um, the, the reason... Um, for that was, okay, we want to take control of Twitter, uh, and if we own the way people interact with Twitter, then we'll be able to have better features and do really cool things. But <laughs> they, they kind of like discourage all the app developers and got all the, the power, and now what? <laughs> Nothing really happened for, I don't know, two years. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see constant improvement to Twitter and making it better. And I'm super optimistic because Jack Dorsey seemed to be hinting at the fact that, yes, he's going to try to make Twitter more easier to understand for beginners, uh, but also make Twitter more useful to power users. And that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I mean, the past two something years where Dick Costello was in charge. I think it was a little more than that, but... Yeah, probably. Well, but anyway this last era uh they really focused on the business side i don't know how that went but they're still here so i guess it went okay that went great honestly he d he did a great job at making twitter profitable uh, are they are they profitable uh maybe not but <laughs> more profitable than they were okay <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, yeah the, the 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 feeling that i get is that he had to go through all the boring stuff like the business yeah. side of stuff and he from what i hear he did a great job uh and now that jack is back uh i'm hopeful that you know as a company they're going to focus more on the product now i just hope it's not too late to i don't think honest. it is because a lot of problem uh, the problems that they have is with user retention and it's really really hard to get people that uh already tried twitter to try it again a second time so that's what happens when you ignore a product for a little while and focus on monetization. That means 
there's still a same number of people that are giving Twitter a try, but the product it, it just isn't there. And then it becomes really hard to get them to try it again. Yeah, I think the number one problem with Twitter, and it has been for a very long time, is how you onboard new users. Like if you were to create a new account now. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's horrible. We should have recorded when I created the uh, Layout FM account. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was ridiculous. Honestly, I don't know if um, user onboarding created an onboarding like slideshow for Twitter, um, but it is pretty bad. And they recommend you a bunch of accounts that are terrible. If, if you follow the Twitter onboarding and do everything as they say, you're for sure guaranteed to have a terrible Twitter experience. You're going to be following like politicians. Follow McDonald's big stars that tweet random crap and just retweet dumb shit like it's just gonna, it's just bad so yeah that's a big thing they should improve on in my opinion and yeah i i think they're gonna fix it yeah let's hope i'm just checking uh lauren brichter replied to the to that tweet of the announcement of the new twitter okay he replied haha very funny and I don't get it. I don't know if it's being. I I don't. I don't get the meaning. But uh, what? Um, Homework. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Decode learn breakers. Tweet. Probably an inside joke. I don't know. Probably. Or, or just the fact that they kind of never update it. And every, I think the the big joke is that Twitter is always like. Oh no, Twitter for Mike is not dead. Look, there's an update coming. <laughs> and then they they update it and don't touch it for two years. <laughs> so hopefully it's going to be maintained and be on par with um, the rest of the other apps. Here, here. Another company released something. Yes, Paper. Can you guess whose company we're talking about? Because a lot of people are introducing things named Paper. Yeah, it's 53. No, I mean uh, Facebook. No, I mean um, Dropbox. Dropbox released Paper. Yep. Um, I really don't want to get into the name. Uh, yeah, thing. everyone's <laughs> talked about it. It's, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, another app called Paper. You know what? There's, um, so, uh, there's this article on Wired uh, about it. And uh, just to get the name out of the discussion, <laughs> I'm going to read from the article. So, sure. oh, by the way, we should start by saying what Paper is. So Paper is like a collaboration tool. It's kind of like a mix between Google Docs and Medium. Medium. Okay, so reading from that article, they say, an initial beta was called Notes, but Dropbox decided that didn't feel big enough, and Paper felt appropriately wide-ranging says Matthews Penn, product manager at Dropbox. And he says, and I quote, we love the name because physical paper is simple, it's flexible, it's creative service. Okay. Mm. So it's called paper. And uh, it's still, I don't know if it's officially a beta, but at least it's, you need, a, you need a, an invite to get on. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you have uh, access to the beta? No, I don't. Okay, I do. Um, oh, you do? I think that's because I, I signed up a little while ago when they first announced it. Mm. Oh, I just did it. No. So, have you used it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm giving a talk uh, in two weeks. And so I'm doing a lot of research and um, like putting a lot of content together. So I decided to give it a shot. Honestly, it's really good. There's a lot of really nice uh, little interactions. Some of the things feel like semi-ripoffs of Medium, but if you can get past that, they're doing a lot of clever things. And what, one thing that's really great about it is um, how you can mix a lot of media together. So before that, I would be writing in like writer and something like that. Um, that is a purely uh, markdown text editor. But then you can you can't have 
pictures and anything. Um, and another that has sort of rich formatting would be notes, but then the formatting controls are not great. So uh, paper is kind of in between. It's it has all the cool controls that you can use for for medium posts, and yeah, they allow you to write. Uh, you can you can use Markdown, uh, which is really cool, or you can use um, just WYSIWYG, like selecting things uh, and changing the style this way. And yeah, it's really clever how. The, basically, the markdown syntax is a shortcut for the WYSIWYG UI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. But, like if you if you press um, like hashtag space uh, whatever your title, uh, it'll create an H1. So yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, one thing that was kind of strange to me at first was desktop only hmm. it's it feels like an a really old way of doing things <laughs> mobile first <laughs> yeah no but really like to having something releasing something today that has no mobile apps well, that's the thing just not feels releasing it now unfinished yeah, publicly Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe by the time that they they fully release it to everybody, they'll have apps. Um, and if that's the case, awesome. Um, but um, till then, it it's kind of sad to not not have access to your documents uh, from your phone. I don't know if it could um, completely replace Google Docs for me, but I think for a lot of things, it could. Like it just. Normal documents look way better in paper. The conversation and like reply mechanism works way better. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot nicer. It looks great. I love Dropbox Design Team. I love what they're doing. Yeah, they're doing amazing work. Yeah, they're one of my favorite. How can I call it? Like identity brand identity, the whole design thing. Uh, I just love it. Yeah. So it looks really clean. It looks really good. It looks really... It's a simple, but not like minimal simple. It's a simple, but cutesy way. So it's a thing that they're, they're going out for, I think. Yeah. It's the way I feel about most of their products. So, so all right, I can't wait to try this. <laughs> I guess I'll have to wait. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can invite anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. see. I might try later. Yeah. But uh, anyways, really cool stuff. We could, uh, we could use it for our show notes. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. But then we can't edit it on mobile, so it kind of sucks. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had a lot of stuff on my phone. All right, this is getting too, uh, too meta. Um, let's, let's go back to the actual show. All right. So what's going on with, uh, with YouTube? Uh, you know, found out while I was waiting for you to get <laughs> on the call. <laughs> Maybe we should tell the story. It's super... Point. No, it was a good thing, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about this. Uh, and it's still weird, because I, I, I don't see any tweets about it, but there's this article on on The Verge. I guess they, they had, like, an inside scoop. They interviewed... Okay, so I should start by saying what it, what it is. So YouTube is uh, is launching a new service, product, whatever. It's called YouTube Red. Which basically is a subscription model. You pay nine ninety nine a month, and you will get uh, rid of all ads on YouTube, so an ad free experience. And on the mobile apps, you'll get some an offline feature. Basically, you can save offline any video. Um, you're gonna have the ability to have background play, like the videos uh, playing on the background, oh, nice. even if you switch apps. So, for example, if you're listening to a music video or something, you can, like, lock your phone, put it in your pocket, and the, the video will, will continue playing. And they're, they're starting to invest in new content, kind of like Netflix is. Uh, and that content will be only available for YouTube Red subscribers. They're still going to keep around uh, in a normal ad uh, business. But this is a very weird move from YouTube. 
in Google, they've tried, uh, they've done some experiments with this. You remember the paid channels like a couple of years ago? I don't, but... <laughs> they, well, it's... You don't because it, it, it failed miserably. But they, they've... That's what I imagined. <laughs> they tried with the, like, paid stuff. Uh, but um, this is very interesting. Yeah, and I mean... You you compared it to Netflix, and I think that's pretty accurate. Right. It, I think Netflix is $10 a month, too, right? Uh, that sounds about right. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely moving in the same space. And it's kind of interesting to see everyone kind of moving in the same direction. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you think um, YouTube content is as valuable as bigger productions or like movies or tv shows that you would see on netflix it could be so there's there are at least so i saw the video on the verge so at least they mentioned two new shows one of them is you know pewdiepie yeah so he's the most successful youtuber i think at least it was and uh, they are pairing him up with the director or writer or producer or someone involved in the walking dead show so they're pairing mm. them together pewdiepie and that dude from walking dead and they are they are creating this uh, horror show i think <laughs> oh really um interesting yeah like a scary show or something I, I don't i don't know but um i saw in the video they they mentioned it and is that and um some pop star that I have no idea who she is, but she's um, doing a tour in the U.S. And they're filming like a documentary about it. And supposedly it's pretty good. So <laughs> these are two examples of YouTube produced shows. Cool. And you know what? Like YouTubers nowadays, they are, they are crazy famous. They move millions of dollars around and, and they have this huge user base, which... Um, it's a very strong thing that YouTube has going on for them, and they could they could play with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is going to be um, released in the US only, at least in the beginning, uh, October 28th, yeah. so next week. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's starting in the US and then rolling out worldwide. I don't know when. So there you go. It, it's cool to see them trying new stuff. <laughs> and um, you know what? Any new stuff that it's based on, like, Users paying for stuff and, and not monetize the users uh, via ads. I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to impact content creators. So people like CGP Grey and others. Um, if for them ads are, are more profitable or if this is more profitable. I don't think it will have any impact, at least soon. Because the... Um, Okay, so here's a quote from the, the from the Verge article to put things in perspective. So he said, if every paid television customer in the United States, that's uh, 100 million individuals, if all of them sign up for YouTube Red, that would still be less than a tenth of YouTube's total audience. Wow. So uh, this is not going to make a dent in the ad-based audience anytime soon um and you know what 9.99 a month is i don't want to say expensive but it, it, it's something it's not peanuts i mean would you would you subscribe to this yeah there you go no. i don't watch enough youtube i don't watch enough youtube <laughs> videos for that yeah thing. so right. well yeah there you go i, I I think maybe they, they will have to lower the price i don't know and, yeah i feel like the market is really small for that because the people that use youtube the most is teenagers that listen to all of their music on youtube because it's free and it's easy um but they're not gonna pay ten dollars a month spotify is free i never got the people that listen to music on youtube it's it's still interesting like google sort of branching out from the advertising business so but i i'll okay so i always find it weird in a way when people do these kinds of things where um, their main business is ads and they're kind of introducing this new brand new thing that is just pay and we'll get rid of all the ads. And it's 
there's kind of a cognitive dissonance there <laughs> where you're, you're telling me like, oh, ads are fine and like we have amazing advertiser, blah, blah, blah. And on the other hand, you're telling me, well, advertising is kind of sucks and no one wants to see ads. So you should kind of pay for this. That's kind of a hypocrite and, move. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. And speaking of app pricing models, I, I wanted to talk to you about something. So, uh, you know, the whole app store, uh, how's the business going? And, you know, app developers struggling to, you know, make money on the app store. And you've seen like back in the day, apps were either free and paid like you it was it wasn't crazy to think of a game for 199 or something and that worked for a couple of years and then you know the market got saturated and there were a lot of free competition so then you you had to make your app free to even be competing and then they introduced the in-app purchases and ads were always a thing right but and that's for the app store. I mean, where typical uh, an app typically is way less expensive than, let's say, uh, like a Mac app or a professional tool. And um, Framer, uh, the the prototyping tool, they, I think it was past week or two weeks ago or something, they've um, announced a new pricing model that they're going to pursue now. And that is, you pay for the app, for Framer app. And now, and before it was $99 uh, for Framer Studio. And you pay that, and they promise a year of updates. And the way they're doing this is, instead of them, you know, releasing smaller features and then uh, releasing like a point release, like a 2.0 version where they add a lot of new features, right? Or maybe a redesign or something. Um, they are going to release every new feature, and they've been doing this since forever. They release every new feature that they're working on, like they release it as soon as it's ready, right? right? They don't hold it back for one big release. They just release it when when it's ready. So uh, instead of, you know, typically like, for example, Sketch, where you pay for the app, let's say Sketch 3 now, and you get that app forever, uh, and when they release like Sketch 4, it will be a paid upgrade, so you'll have to pay another 99 or whatever pricing they sell it for. And eventually, you know, version 3 will be deprecated and abandoned and whatever. That's like the, the typical model. So big versions, you pay for one, you'll get support for like a year or two, whatever, yeah. and then they release a new one. Uh, Adobe is going now for the subscription model. So you pay like every month and you'll have access to the new and greatest and latest, I think. Um, and if you stop paying, you can't use the app anymore. Right. right. So as long as you're paying, you can use it. And Framer now is doing, so you buy the app and we promise you one year of every new feature uh, that we release it, you get it. After that one year, you can't like up, update it anymore, but it will still work. It's still up to that point. That's what you get. And if you want to continue to, you know, if you want to get another year of uh, upgrades, you pay for another year. And uh, that's like that's weird because it's so it's so new. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen this kind of pricing structure before. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting, but I think it's way harder to sell. Like. It's way harder to communicate the thing of, like, we are going to release a lot of new features throughout the year, um, and you'll get a year of updates. It's it's weird, and it's kind of harder to sell, in my opinion. I don't know how they're going to do this. Yeah, and it also prevents them from shipping, um, like, bug fix releases, sort of to their old old software um and another thing that's going to be weird when when that year hits um the next update is probably not going to be amazing because it's just going to be like a small update and then at that point you're going to be you won't necessarily upgrade because there's no 
point sort of in into paying a hundred bucks again just to get that like little point update, right? Yeah, I think so. Because you can't you can keep using your existing Framer app that you have right now. So I think it's it's probably gonna slow down their adoption of of new um, new versions. But you know what? This is a but this is a good way to you know keep a recurring income for the company, like. Because if you release like a major update... Yeah, I mean, they have to do something like this. And the people that are using it are getting enough value from Framer that it totally makes sense to have recurring revenue. And I mean, as a Framer user, I want them to charge me every year. Like That is great because I want them to keep making it. So yeah, I think I think it's a good thing overall. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where it leads them and what kind of other problems it may create in the future. Right. Um, but yeah, kudos to them for uh, for exploring and trying new stuff. And I mean, who knows? Maybe it's going to become more uh, more widespread in the future, and a lot of people are uh, are going to do that uh, with their apps. Yeah, I think uh, we will wait out to see how this works for them and. <laughs> Before, jumping I think into it's the also bandwagon. Sorry, I ju- I just thought of something. Yeah. Uh, it also gets around the because what annoys me with subscriptions is, oh god, like I'm getting into this app and I'm gonna invest a lot of time and it's I have to pay I don't know, ten bucks a month, sort of forever and sometimes you just don't want to add like another recurring bill that you have to think about and cancel if you don't use it anymore and all that sort of stuff. So having buying the app outright and owning it for a year and like still being able to use it after it's, I don't know, in a way that is also more simple a little bit. It's just, you buy this app, it's going to, you're, guaranteed to have it be updated for at least a year um, and then whenever you f- feel compelled to upgrade uh, whenever there's interesting new features in the next version right. then you can pay an upgrade it's simpler it's hard but to explain yeah unusual so and i guess you you will not get you'll not get the, the that marketing push when you release yeah. like a new version that's true um, that's yeah yeah but here's the thing like they it, it's it's simpler in the way that okay I, I bought this supposedly because you are invest at least you want to invest in this because it's it's not this is a professional tool it's not like a two dollar app the they're selling it for 99 dollars so it's like you bought it you use it if after a year you're not invested in it you don't want to invest more in this tool it's super fine you still get like a year worth of upgrades better than when you bought it and you still have it forever yeah and it's not like you paid 10 bucks a month for a year and Mm. after a year you decide you know what i almost don't use it anymore it's not worth it you stop paying and then you can't use the app at all anymore right you you're you've still own that app um even though it's not the latest version right so yeah i think framer is one of the most interesting companies and products from today, in my opinion, like for me, even though the versioning system it's very tied to to this uh, licensing model, but that thing of uh, just... I don't like the V one two three. I I like it. I like it because it's so simple. It's ah, but then you end up with version numbers like Chrome. Yeah, but you don't get incremental uh, numbers in like bug fixes. It has like. That has like 200 numbers under each other. I don't know. Yeah, well. That's fine, I guess. It doesn't matter, but. Yeah. So anyway, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, so WebKit removed the 350 milliseconds. Yeah, I heard that. On That's, that's only for, for websites that disable um, zooming. So the idea was that uh, before that, um, whenever you have a page that you can zoom on, um, a user can double tap on something on the screen 
um, and it would zoom in to that section. So let's say you double tap on a paragraph of text, then it would, will zoom to see uh, just that paragraph of text. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a lot of people have been complaining about for a long time was that if uh, if you set your web page to not be scroll uh, not be zoomable, that delay to wait un- after the first tap you make. So like it has to wait for for a bit of time to know. Okay, is it a double tap that you mean, or do you mean just a single tap? So now um, in the latest. WebKit revision, they made the change. So if your page disables zooming, then um, they'll remove the the delay uh, when you're tapping uh, a link. So Safari feels snappier. Uh, makes sense. I was surprised that they didn't do this before sooner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not much that I can say about this. Yeah, the only kind of thing that people were saying on Twitter was that um, this is cool, I guess, but you really shouldn't be disabling zooming the page because it's it's kind of bad for accessibility. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. But this is this is like trying to fight if you're going to. Right, exactly. So I think overall it's a good change. Um, it's probably not going to impact a lot of the sites that you visit because a lot of sites just allow um, allow zooming. Is this a, like opt-in or just like it's done? It's so. What do you mean? The removing the delay. Yeah, the developers have to like tweak something to enable this, or this is just like on every new WebKit version. No, I I think every new WebKit is gonna support that. Oh, okay. So I don't know. So Safari probably has to update um, before you get it, but yeah, it's gonna right. be supported for everyone. I wonder. I wonder if uh, if we'll notice the difference. Yeah, as you said, most of the websites that I visit, they they don't have uh, Zoom disabled. So I don't know. And I got a new phone, so <laughs> I can't like <laughs> I can't pinpoint if something feels faster. I don't. I it's gonna be hard to know what is causing that improvement in speed. Uh, hey, you know, uh, iOS nine dot one came out, and watchOS two dot oh dot one, and LCAP ten dot eleven dot. Oh God, this is hard. <laughs> Everything has an update. <laughs> yes. And new emojis for everyone. Oh yeah, a lot of them are super ugly. I haven't even looked. I I know there's only like a middle finger one and a unicorn one and a taco one. <laughs> yeah. It it seems a little bit like. It's different teams that are different people that are designing these, but the new emojis are nice. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to be using them. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't know what happens when you uh, send them to someone that hasn't upgraded yet. You get like a square, a blank uh, square. Yeah. Yeah. So probably a lot of people are going to get squares. Yeah, because while. Like I was on Twitter and I saw people uh, tweeting that the update was out and I just saw a bunch of squares. Uh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> they were... So I still hadn't updated, so I had the old version, so I, I couldn't see the new emojis and my timeline was just squares and the colored things. Um, yeah. And the, I kind of wish Apple would just uh, hire Mantia to do <laughs> new emojis. That'd be so awesome. Rehire Mantia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Come back, we need more emojis. Or just like contract work. <laughs> right. Um, another bug fix, I don't think it's a bug fix, but whatever. They fixed the the live photos thing that, well, most of my live photos uh, was just I putting down the phone because I just, so I, I take a photo and I just put my phone down. Yeah. Right. So now they have a fix that it will detect if you're moving your phone down. So it will cut that out. So you don't get that on the live photo. I haven't tried it. I haven't tested it yet, but it's a thing, I guess. And the new Xcode is out, so you can now uh, write for the tvOS. I have to look into that. And a shit ton of bug fixes for watchOS. So, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Not much to talk about. Update your phones and your stuff. So, we are getting getting at the end of the show, right? Yeah. One hour in. That's a good spot. Not all show needs to be uh, two hours. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, okay? That's Star Wars. Yes. So we left this to the end. So if you don't want to hear us talk about Star Wars and the new trailer, 
And I don't want to say that there's going to be spoilers as much as, I mean, if, I guess if, if, you have, if you're not going to watch the trailer, it, it can be spoilers. So if you don't want to listen to two nerds talking about Star Wars, you, well, thanks for listening. That was a show. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're a horrible person and you don't care about Star Wars. Oh, wow. Alienate your audience. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll get all the emails from all the people that don't like Star Wars. <laughs> Alienate. Get it? A couple of things about a new trailer. There's no Disney logo. <laughs> Still. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. They, they kept the um, Lucasfilm right. logo, right, too. Right. That's cool. I don't know how it would feel if I saw the Disney logo opening and not the 20th Century Fox. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel weird. Anyways. Yeah, because the the intro music is made to sound good after that intro. Yeah, so it wouldn't be the same with with Disney. I guess they could they could still do it for the the actual movie. What play the 20th Century Fox? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. No. Okay, so new trailer. The trailer starts out with uh, this new character uh, called Ray, which is she's played by. Uh, actress uh called daisy ridley i think that's that's how you say your name um and we see her in this uh, like scavenger treasure hunter stuff right in this outfit it's a ninja turtle suit (laughs) (laughs) right so but do we know that it's actually her oh yeah because you see her rappel down into what appears to be the uh destroyed star destroyer huh yeah, uh, and you, you can see she has this kind of like like bow, kind of like a weapon, like this huge stick or whatever. And uh, it's a weapon that we see her with it uh, later on. Actually, in the next shot. Yeah, it's a giant stick. <laughs> a giant stick. What kind of weapon is that, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. And it hit stormtroopers with a stick until they they die. It seems so impractical to carry around too. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a bow or something. It can't be just a stick. But it's too big to be a bow. Uh, it's Star Wars. I don't know. Well, yeah, whatever. So we see her uh, exploring this uh, uh, this Star Destroyer, I think. Um, yeah. In this planet, which... May, uh, first, I thought it was Tatooine. But uh, now, I guess we know it's not. Oh, what planet is it? Okay, so the planet is Chaku. Chaku. J-A-K-K-U. The site okay. of the climatic battle between the rebels and the empire, apparently. So that happened after episode three, right? You mean six? Mm, yes. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Six. Right. God. This is so confusing. Yeah, I know. So, so this is not Tatooine. So we see her uh, in that ship, and then later on we see her walking in the desert with um, BB-8. With a, uh, yep, BB-8. So I guess BB-8 is her robot, I guess? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's good. Everybody that bought it, <laughs> people were worried on Twitter that it might turn out to be a, the the evil of the of the movie. The Sith of so, the robots. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, like, it's a good robot. So, and then we see her uh, in this... Uh, She's kind of fixing something. Yeah, and it's like very. I don't. I don't know if we can even call it a village, but we will see this in a later shot. Uh, and there's a like a ship uh, taking off or landing or something in the distance. Yeah, do we know what that ship is? No, it looks weird. Uh, I couldn't yeah. recognize the shape of it. So we know that she is a scavenger hunt, and she's in this desert planet. Uh, what was it a little planet? I just said, Haku, Kaku. Something like that. Right. Jacku. Jacku. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so she's there. And then later we see the second new character, which uh, the character's name is Finn, played by John Boyega, I think. Yeah. Well, before that, there's a, there's a shot with all the stormtroopers. Oh, right. The um, Nazis shot. Yeah. That, that's exactly how it looks like. Yeah. The red and the... But, but I wonder kind of when... At what time we are because did, didn't they eliminate all the uh, stormtroopers and that sort of stuff no 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 the previous one and no. we know the, the, so this film takes place 30 years after episode 6 
30 years okay yeah. which is around the same time that the film was released something like that right um and uh so no the empire is still strong they only lost um oh their they leader. lost the battle but not the war is that yeah absolutely is that they, they lost okay. their leader and their top level executives <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, I mean, the empire was not defeated by by any means. I mean, but what has has Luke been doing? We don't <laughs> know. The years. We we get some glimpses of. What, I mean, we see this famous shot of Luke's arm reaching out to R two in this weird dark planet. Whatever it looks like a volcano yeah. or something. We'll get to that in a, in a second. So okay, continuing the trailer, we see this new character called Finn, which. We see him again on a stormtrooper uh, armor, and there's been some debate if he's a stormtrooper or if he's like only dressed up as a stormtrooper. Maybe it's Halloween or something. Yeah, I think he has to be hiding. Well, you know what? From from this trailer, I think it's pretty pretty obvious that yeah. he is a stormtrooper. Yeah. Oh wait, what? Yeah, he is a stormtrooper. That's I got no doubts after watching this trailer. Really? Yeah. So here's my theory. So he's a stormtrooper. And he doesn't have anything to fight for. And he says that. Um, the trailer, he says, I was raised to do one thing. And, uh, and then he says, like, I don't know what I'm fighting for. I don't have nothing to fight for or something. So my theory is the Empire is still strong, but they lost a little bit of focus. <laughs> they lost their mm, leader. Right. They lost the mission. And Finn is a stormtrooper and he has no idea what he's fighting for so he kind of rebels in a way and we see from the trailer um we see like the 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 new tie fighter the red thing so we see the tie fighter crashing into that desert uh kaju planet where um ray is so you see him crashing we assume it's him crashing in the planet because later on we see him in the desert. So that's my theory that he's a he's he was a stormtrooper but he lost the his he had nothing to fight for and he kind of wanders off and tried to do his own thing and and later on he meets with uh, ray you see that and uh, i guess there's this shot where uh, you can see uh, han solo saying like all those stories that you heard they're all true so i guess the the events of episode uh, four to six they they, they kind of became like a myth like these stories that we the people hear yeah so then it goes back to the question of what the hell happened to luke if if like he still keeps going on and after episode six um still a jedi whatever then it's not a mystery or anything like it's still alive in there and people can go talk to him so something clearly happened to him i think he pulled an obi-wan and went to the hideout and maybe meditate and whatever jedis do (laughs) Uh, I, I get the feeling that he's gonna play like the role of Yoda in a way. I feel mm, that. So yeah. later on, we see Finn uh, with the lightsaber. So and we see uh, I think it's Leia saying like the Force is calling for you or whatever. So somehow Finn has the Force in a way playing with him. My theory is that he's gonna have to go look for Luke and kind of train, and Luke's gonna be the new Yoda in a way. So that's that's what I think is going to happen. And on on the on trailer two, uh, remember that shot where you can see uh, clearly it looks like Leia handing over a lightsaber to someone. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that lightsaber has to be uh, Luke's original blue lightsaber that fell on uh, Cloud City, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to assume that Luke still has his you know, the last lightsaber, the green one, and someone recovered the blue one, and Finn is going to get that lightsaber because we also also see the new bad bad guy what's the name yeah he he's like a a darth vader fan yeah uh because we see him uh, in the trailer in this new trailer he says like we're gonna continue what where you left yeah and he has this little gang <laughs> of, of bad guys with a black mask so i think that he's like a fanatic like a darth vader super fan and I think he's not a Sith. He doesn't have the Force. Oh, really? But that's my theory because I think like he built his own lightsaber. That's why it's all you know, all organic and and weird. It's not like a perfect, clean lightsaber. You know, it has this mm. weird guard 
<laughs> whatever. So, but in in the previous ones, has any non Jedi or Sith held a lightsaber? Hmm. I don't think so. Because I don't think so either. But I mean, you don't need a force to use a lightsaber. It's just really hard to get. I guess you could go like on eBay and buy a old one. <laughs> <laughs> Just to sum up, here's my overall theory. You ready? Yeah. Uh, after the events of episode six, the Empire kind of lost its. It doesn't have a leader in a clear mission. It's just continuing to do what he what he was doing. The rebels, they kind of. I, I, I think they kind of continue the little missions, but they're not like a big thing, like a big force uh, against the Empire still. But uh, they're still doing what they're doing and. You have these two new groups of characters. In one way, uh, you have this. Uh, we have Finn, which somehow he switched sides, and now he's he's. I guess he joined the rebels, and he has the Force in a way calling for him. Hence the title, the Force Awakens. So I guess the Force awakens in Finn. Oh, it's him. Yeah, mm, I like that. Leia uh, kind of like guide him and give them a lightsaber and say, "You have to find Luke because he has this Force, and he will tell you all about it." Don't bug me now. Uh, so go to this uh, lava Vulcan volcano planet. Find <laughs> uh, Luke hanging out with R two. On the other side, when the rebels on the um, the Empire side, we have this Darth Vade super fan nerd that he wants to be just like him and wants to continue the 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 work where he left off. And I guess he would get his heart broken if he knew that Darth Vader in the end <laughs> was a good guy. <laughs> well, I guess no one well... told him that. He was a good guy, but then he turned bad. So I think he'd be okay with that. No, in the end, in the end, Darth Vader, he killed, Darth Vader killed the Emperor. Like, he turned, oh, yeah, he turned good yeah, yeah. right well, in yeah. the end. So, so he's super a fan and he builds this little lightsaber, like handmade lightsaber. And he gets this crew, this team of super fans, I guess. And <laughs> they kind of want to start a new Sith thing. Just to set the pieces so we have this new Jedi and we have this new Sith team. And it's, again, the good versus evil battle. That's what I got so far. Yep. I, I totally agree with this. This, uh, this seems like it's going to be an interesting movie. Yeah, man. I mean, story aside, all the shots look amazing. Yeah. Like, every shot looks like, yes, this is what I want. Hey, we didn't talk about it, but today was um, Back to the Future Day. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So we watched it in the office. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's super cool. Um, you know, uh, Nike... Um, so Nike, they uh, announced today that, you know, the famous uh, shoes from Back to the Future 2. Yeah. They, they made it. Not only... Is it identical? Not only, yeah, not only the design, but they have the self-lacing things. What? Yeah. And they're like, they're like exactly like the movies and with a self-lacing thing and they glow and have lights and they're super awesome and they're not releasing it to the public. Are they crazy expensive? Availability. I'm going to read from the article. Availability. The 2015 Nike Mag is a limited edition release. It will only be available via auction with all proceeds going to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. Okay. So. That's fine. Yeah. Well, someday I would wear this. Well, how, how much would you be willing to pay for them? That's a good that, question. I think that's the question. Hmm. Because <sighs> I don't know. You can't just. Uh, I of course don't know you can. how I'd feel about that. I'd be like super worried to not like damage them. Anyway, so happy Back to the Future Day. Yeah, um, me too. I think the real 2015 is way better than Back to the Future 2015. So that's good. Yeah, um, we didn't get Jaws 19. They got um, hoverboards, but we have cell phones. So and the internet. I think we win. And the internet. Yeah. And podcasts. <laughs> Yay, podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts are just radio. So. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they had that too. What's a radio? Okay. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. So, um, Rafa, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, so I'm um, Rafa Hari on Twitter. 
and my website uh, is uh, rafa.design. I'm at Vernal Kick on Twitter, and you can go view my website at um, kevinclark.ca. Or you guys can follow uh, Layout FM uh, on Twitter. In on the on the description, uh, you have all the links to our accounts. And if you want to leave us some feedback, you can always go to layout.fm uh, and have a form there. Bye. Bye.